This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Where we are in a series this month uh, titled Come Worship Jesus. And uh, I'm telling you, if you, this is the season. If there's any time for us to think about Jesus, it should be Christmas. Amen? Christmas is Christ Mass. Amen? Jesus is Christ, Christ Mass. And so Jesus, we need to be full of Jesus um, during this Christmas season. Amen? And so, and so we are focused on uh, this series on the wise men and, uh, and how they came to Jesus to worship him. And let's look at our foundational scripture here in Matthew. It says in Matthew 2, 1 and 2, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. I love that. Wise men still worship him. And then dropping down uh, to 9 through 11, it says, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they have seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Glory to God. So, so we are in the series about worshiping God. And, you know, I've been ministering to you through the series, through different expressions of worship. And, you know, one of the most powerful ways to worship God is singing to him, but raising up holy hands. We talked about that in the first session, that as you worship God, you want to lift up holy hands unto him. And I love that in Timothy, it says here, Paul is, is writing, he said, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands without wrath and doubting. So we want to lift holy hands to the Lord. That's a powerful expression of our faith towards God, which signifies our dependency on him. How many people are dependent on God? Amen. Amen. And our humility, our surrender to him, you know, the greater level of surrender we have to God, the greater faith we're going to walk in. So this life is a life of surrendering to God, isn't it? It sure is. So the, the greater, in other words, he must increase and we must decrease. Isn't that right? So, so we surrender to God. That's an act, this is what we do when you surrender, right? And then we raise our hands in victory. Because God always, can somebody say always? always? No matter what it looks like in your life, God always gives us the victory in Christ Jesus. So, so whatever, you know, I like to say this, you never lose, you only learn. And if you can learn through the processes of this life, through some of the seemingly setbacks that we encounter... We're not, if we can learn something from it, we won't repeat those setbacks and we'll move forward in God. Amen. We discovered last week that the, uh, that the wise men, 
gave Jesus gifts. And we talked about that, that, that really, that we should, when we come into the house of the Lord, we should bring gifts. In Psalms 97 or 96, 7 through 8, it says, Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. I love that. And so it's really good that when you come to God, we come to church to receive, but we also come to church to give. So so it's a combination. We receive and we give. Just coming out here, you're you're receiving, but you also want to be giving. I I call that a, a river life Christian. A river life Christian, a river flows, amen? And we want to be flowing with the life of God, receiving and giving glory to God. And we talked about last week how, how in Proverbs 3.9 it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your increase. And so honoring God is a, is a, it signifies worshiping God. When you worship God, you're honoring Him. And what's amazing about this, when we honor God, God honors you. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. When you honor God, see, a lot of people don't honor God. You're honoring God this morning because you're coming to church. You're all dressed up. You're honoring God. And when you honor God, God will honor you. And so it says when you give to God through your tithes and offerings, uh, the, the, the blessing of your sacrifice of obedience is in verse 10 of Proverbs 3. Your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There's always a blessing and a benefit to obeying God. Amen. Can I say it again? There's always a blessing and, obedience, and, and, a, blessing and a benefit to obeying God. So today I want, want to continue with our series today and come worship Jesus. And the subtitle is Pour Out Your Hearts to Jesus. So as an act of worship, we want to pour out our hearts to God. And when do we pour out our hearts to God? Has anybody ever been in a place where you poured out your heart to God, where you were believing God for something major in your life and you poured out your heart to God. We pour our hearts out to God in all the seasons of life, in the, in the good times and in the bad times and in the so-so times. We pour out our, our life to God in the good and the bad and the ugly in this life. And sometimes we have good and sometimes we deal with some bad. It, can, can, I, can I get real with you today? It's not always cookies and cream in our walk with Christ. Amen. It's not always easy to serve God. It's not always easy, but it's well worth it. Amen. And so really, I, I think the times that we pour out our heart to God is really in the hardest, in the hard times of our life. I call it the struggle zone. Can I get out of my seat this morning? Because some of us encounter what I call the struggle zone. Anybody dealing with the struggle zone in your life? Amen. Uh, That is the zone where you're dealing with, uh, you know, uh, a deficit somewhere in your life. Amen. You're struggling somewhere in your faith. And Christmas time, you know, is supposed to be the blessed year. Uh, and it's blessed. Christmas is always blessed when everything's going well in your life. 
But, you know, it's not really the most wonderful time of the year if you're dealing with some issues. You know, you got Christmas and you got presents and you might have not might not have a lot of money in the bank. So it may not be a wonderful time of year if it's if it's difficult for you to to to, to buy Christmas presents or it may not be the most wonderful time of year if you're dealing with some issue in your life, maybe maybe strained relationships or or uh, or, or, or maybe dealing with some health issues. Amen. We, we, we need to get a revelation of this that. That when we need to pour out our, 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 our hearts to God when we are struggling in relationships. We need to pour out our hearts to God when either we or somebody else is dealing with an illness in our lives. These are times where we need to pour out our hearts to God. We need to pour out our hearts to God in the difficult times and it's an act of worship to God. Sometimes when I'm going through something, I don't even want to pray. I don't even want to read. I just want to be by myself. Have you ever experienced that in your life? You sometimes you don't even want to even deal with God. You just don't you just, sometimes some people they go to, you know, when they're dealing with stress in their life, they go through they go to their stress relievers. What do I mean by that? They go to drugs or alcohol to try to relieve stress. But I'm going to say this. Don't run to those things. Run to Jesus. Those things will never help you. Those things will always bring you down. It's always those things. That's what the world runs to. But we don't run to, I I say this, you know, uh, uh, everyone, we don't run to JD. We run to JC, glory to God. It's Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace, no matter what difficult times that we deal with. And David dealt with a lot of difficult times in his life. And and King David went through a lot of times that were difficult, and he wrote them in the Psalms. And I'm going to say this. David knew how to pour out his heart to the Lord. In Psalms 142, 1 through 4, David is writing this and he says here, I cry out loud to the Lord. I lift my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see, there is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. So here, sometimes when we're going through struggle and we're going through a struggle in our faith, David is revealing that it seems like nobody's with you in the struggle. Have you ever experienced that? Sometimes you feel like you're by yourself when you're in the struggles of life. And so sometimes you need to just reveal that to God. You need to reveal your problems to God so that God can bring you comfort and wisdom in those problems. Tell God your problems, but don't dwell on your problems. Can I say that again? You can tweet that. Tell God your problems, but don't dwell on your problems. Because you tell God, but you let him know in that place that you let him know God can give you wisdom direction and guidance let's focus on the revelation that David received when he was pouring out his heart to God 
In Psalms 142.5, it says, I cry to you, Lord, and I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. When David poured out his heart, he realized that God was his refuge. I'm going to say this to you this morning. God is your refuge. What is a refuge? It's a place of safety. It's a place of, of protection. God is your refuge. It's a safety place. Sometimes when you were kids and... Uh, you may have like a place in your house when you were a kid, maybe when you got scared or, uh, you know, you would run to. Uh, sometimes when um, we're disciplining Christian and we get stern with him when he does something wrong and we get stern and say, no, you don't don't do that. And we, we, we do it with a stern voice. Sometimes he will run right out of the kitchen. Normally in the kitchen, he's always doing something. And uh, he pulls something out of the refrigerator, the milk's out, something's dumped, something. Christian, don't do that. And, and the first thing he does, he looks and he runs straight to the bedroom and jumps on his bed. And what is he doing? He's finding a safety place. He's finding a place of refuge. And his bed is a place of refuge. I'm going to say this to you this morning. You need a place of refuge. You need a safety place. Some people that pray to God, they, 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 in the old days, they call it the prayer closet. Has anybody ever heard of the prayer closet? And some people would make a, a, maybe would go into a physical closet to pray. Does anybody have any prayer closets in the house today? We got one. Amen. We got one. Glory to God. We got a prayer. We got, we got three people that have a prayer closet. My closet's way too messy. Four. We, my closet's way too messy to have a prayer closet. I have to pray for somebody to come in and clean up my closet. Hallelujah. And so, and so, and so we need, look at you and say, you need a prayer closet. A prayer closet is a place of safety and refuge. I like to say the church is created to be a place of safety and refuge. That's the reason why we come to church, because you come to church so that you can receive a word from God, so you know that God is with you, He's for you, and He's going to help you in anything that you're dealing with. And when, when, when you get that revelation that God is with you and He's for you, and He's your refuge, uh, it will give you a sense of security. And when you have that sense of security, it will give you the boldness. Can I preach this morning? When you have security in God, when you know He's your refuge, He's your safety place, the righteous run into the the Lord's name and they are safe. Amen. Amen. And when you understand that He's your refuge, He's your place of protection, He's your safety, glory to God, that, that, that will give you confidence. That will give you security. And that security and that confidence will give you boldness. And what are people lacking in the end days? They're lacking boldness in God. And I need to, to be bold. So what is the enemy working on? He's trying to get us insecure. Amen. And so, so that God will cause us to be secure. I remember when I was in school, in elementary school, and 
And, uh, and there was a bully that was picking on me. Anybody ever been bullied in school in here? Oh, man, yeah, you've been bullied before. Yeah, I know, man. And I've been bullied in school. I, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not the, uh, the biggest guy in the world, you know. I, I, I might not have the legs, but I got the shoulders, amen? But uh, 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 so anyway, <laughs> uh, I was being picked on as a kid in school. And I, I was being picked on, and I told my brother. My brother was two years older than me. And my brother was, you know, bigger, and, and, and I looked up to my older brother, George, and I told George, I said, George, I'm being bullied by this guy in school. He keeps, he keeps picking on me. And my brother George said, hey, that, he ain't going to mess with you another day. And my brother George got his friends and got him in the bathroom and pushed him up against the wall and said, don't touch my brother David again. If you touch my brother David, you're dealing with us. Amen. And that was the last time this bully ever messed with me. I walked in and he said, oh, hey, David, how you doing? And he was real nice to me. Right. And I, I had my refuge in my brother. My brother George was my protector, amen, and his friends, glory to God. It's nice to have older brothers. It's nice to have older siblings, glory to God. And so that bully never messed with me again. And I'm going to say this, that... That, that our parents tend to be the safe place that we run to uh, at times. And I'm going to say this, parents, you are your safe place. You are your refuge to your children. I'm going to say, husbands, you are your safe place to your spouses. Your, your spouse, uh, your wa- wives look, should look up to their husbands. And the husbands need to be that stable person that your wife can count on. Can I get a witness from the ladies in the house today? I knew that was going to draw big. So, so husbands, you need to be that safe place. But ultimately, ultimately, God is our refuge. He's the one we need to trust in protecting and saving us. So when we are scared, we, we need to pour out our hearts to God. I want to give you some keys in pouring out your hearts to God. And, and one of the main key, one, the first key I want to hit is when you're pouring out your, God, your, 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 your heart to God, you have to remember God is faithful. You've got to remember his faithfulness. In Psalms 42, 2 and 3, it says here, this is David. He says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Why people say to me all day long, where is your God? So David was crying out in his need. And again, it looked like that God wasn't with him. And I'm going to say this at times. It may not look like God's not with you, but just wait. It's not over until the skinny lady sings. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's not over until it's over. Amen. And I love this because, because, uh, you know, you just got to say, but God, whenever anything is happening in your life, when it seems like you're going down, somebody say, but God. God. Amen. But God. Amen. And David was reflecting. And I'm talking about you got to remember the faithfulness of God. 
And David was reflecting on his past with the Lord in Psalms 42.4, when he says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God. Notice he said how he used to go to the house of God. Why isn't he still going to the house of God? Think about that. Why I used to go to the house of God. Amen? In other words, you start missing church, you may start losing your confidence you may start losing your faith, and it's our, our faith that's going to get the job done. And he said, when I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng, glory to God. David started realizing that when he went to church, he started preaching to himself and remembering how mighty God is. And God is a mighty God. In verse 5, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? He starts preaching, Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Amen? See, we're going to have discouraging days. We're going to go through some depressed times in our lives, but we got to continue to hope in God because there's better days ahead. Don't let the enemy get you discouraged about your present. I say this often. You're not where you used to be, uh, but, 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 but you're going to be where you need to be. Amen? In, in other words, you may not be where you used to be, but you're going to go to that direction. Whatever the plan and the purpose that God has, He will make sure it will come to pass as long as we keep pressing in to the things of God. You may be struggling in your marriage or in your finances or, or with your kids, but, but be encouraged. God will help you in these areas. Jeremiah was a prophet of God. And his life wasn't all a bed of roses. He encountered difficult days. Uh, he wrote his experience in Lamentations. And let's read this account. Uh, in Lamentations 3, 1920, uh, here, Jeremiah say, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. And then let's uh, drop to 21. Yes, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Hope is an earnest expectation of good to come. When we're ever in despair, when we're ever depressed, we're always thinking that things are not going to turn out good. But I'm going to say this, you stay with God, God will cause things to turn out good in your life. Amen. amen. Can I get an amen? amen? In the middle of your desperate cry, call out to God for His goodness. And Jeremiah said, I will hope in the Lord. And how, why would he hope in the Lord? The next verse tells us. He says here in 21 to 24, Yes, this I call mine, therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. So I love this because here, David is remembered that, that God is a God of love and that, that no matter what we're going through, even if we've done some things ourselves to cause some problems, I like to say this, every day can be the first day of the rest of your life. He says, the, 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 he's saying here, uh, he's getting a revelation that God's mercies are renewed every morning. 
It's renewed every morning. And he says he remembers God's faithfulness. And I love this. And we need to recall the former days. We need to recall days when God has answered our prayers in the past. I remember when I was in a, we were in a building uh, years back on Providence Road. And I remember that the, uh, that the landlord said, get out. Uh, you got three months, 90 days to get out. I'm leasing it to somebody else. And I was like, we were good renters. We would fix the building. He didn't, he didn't even have us negotiate. He said, you're out in 90 days. And I said, oh, my Lord, what are we going to do? So I looked all around trying to find a place, and we couldn't find anything. We were having a hard time. It came down to the last week. And we had one week left. We had to be out by the, by, by the 31st of December. And it was like down to, to the second, down, like the last week of December. We didn't have a place. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? And the Lord revealed to me, check on the movie theater. And so I checked on the movie theater. And the movie theater, everything, all the doors open. They said, we can get you. It's amazing. We can get you. We can't get you in this Sunday. And I had no place to, to take the church. It was the first Sunday of the year. And so the idea came up, well, why don't you take everybody to Golden Corral for service? I don't know if anybody was in that service back then. It was many years ago. And we had church service in Golden Corral the first, and everybody enjoyed it. While they were eating uh, breakfast, French toast, and pancakes. While I was trying to make a point with the sausage, glory to God. Amen. And, uh, and, and the following Sunday, we were in that building. And then, and then uh, something else happened. And uh, that landlord said, uh, the, the, the other place we were in, the manor, that landlord said, we want a, a new landlord came in. And he said, we want to double your rent. I said, okay, we're out. And then God opened the door. For seventh, seventh day of Venice Church. Oh, you all remember that? And we were there and doing good until COVID hit. And then COVID hit and they started closing down all the rooms. They started closing down the fellowship hall. They started pulling out chairs. They started locking doors. They started, they, they started doing all this stuff. Amen. I hope, I hope none of them are listening to my message today. But anyway. And, uh, and so we just said, I said again, I said, we, gotta, we need to get out of here. We need to find another place because they're, they're, they're restricting us from doing church. And, um, and thank God I had extra keys. I was able to get the chairs back in and all that. They, they weren't aware of all that stuff. But anyway, <laughs> pastor thinks ahead. Amen. Just in case. Amen. Uh, and so, and so, we, so we started looking all around and, 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 uh, and, and this place opened up. And this place was totally empty. We didn't know. It wasn't even on the market. And, and we were looking at an empty shell right uh, four doors down. And we were looking at that to rent and try to build out. And you know how it's expensive to build out. It takes lumber. It takes people that know what they're doing to build rooms and all this. But, but, but we saw this church here. And we walked over here. And the doors were wide open. And there was no furniture in here. And I said, Yen, I don't think anybody's meeting over here. It was, it was during COVID. And uh, so we called them up and said, listen, we want to rent this space right here. And she said, it's not even on the market. How did you hear about it? Wow. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And what am I saying? We, I look back at God's faithfulness. Amen. And I look back and God has been so faithful 
to exceed life church so faithful in getting us a place so faithful and it's not easy finding a place amen because we looked around and some shopping centers said we don't want a church even in here so we were like wow we were coming up but 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 god somebody say but god god opened the door you got to remember the former days you got to remember when god came through and if he did it in the past he will do it again he will do it again i think there's a song he'll do it again he will do it again i think about king david and how he heard of how he saw goliath taunt the armies of god and how he said that he would fight goliath and then i i think about how he, he went, they, they took him to Saul, and Saul looked at David being a musician, and being somebody, a shepherd, not, that, not a warrior or a fighter. And, and King Saul started saying, David, you, you don't have what it takes to beat Goliath. Uh, you, you, you don't, you, you're, you're a musician, man. Uh, you, you, you don't have what it takes. And David said, listen, I know I may not look like much. I may not look like I got a lot going on. But, but I know a God, and that God has anointed me. And I'm going to say this to you. You may not have a lot going on in the natural, but you have a God, and that God can anoint you. And what he anoints, he appoints. And, and he anointed David. David knew because he was anointed. And David knew. And David said, I remember when I was out in the field protecting the sheep, and I remember a bear came, and I killed the bear. And I remember a lion came, and I killed the lion. And he said, this uncircumcised Philistine will be no better than the animals I took down. What David was saying was, when he said uncircumcised Philistine, he was saying that Goliath had no covenant with God. And that's the reason why Goliath will go down. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. And Goliath fell that day. And David had a sling, and he had a staff, and he didn't even have a sword. But David used Goliath's own sword, and he cut Goliath's head off that day. I'm going to say this to you today, that God is anointing you to cut the head off of what Goliath is attacking your life. That Goliath will not be able to stand against an anointed person, and you are the anointed of God, you have a covenant with God. Amen. Amen. So we see here the next key here is it says in the invitation, it says, I say to myself, verse 24 to 26, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The number two key, not only the number one key, is to stand on God's faithfulness. The number two key is we need to learn to wait on the Lord. Most of us aren't learning to wait on the Lord. A lot of times in our prayer time, we just give God a list of things, what we think he needs to do, and then we're out. But we need to learn to wait on the Lord. We get our prayer time done, and I'm done. i got to go get something done. Amen? But, but no, we need to look. Somebody say, learn to wait on the Lord. I love what it says in Psalms 27. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So, so the psalmist is saying, I, I could have lost heart. I could have, uh, you know, gave up. But, but uh, in the land of, but, but I realize how good God is. And as I wait on the Lord, he will encourage me. He will strengthen me. He will bring me to the next level. And so when you're pouring out your hearts to God, one of the keys is to wait on the Lord. I love this because in waiting on the Lord, you start realizing that God is God and you are not. And God has the power to help you in any circumstance or situation that you find yourself in. In Isaiah 40, 28-31, I love this. It says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. These are people that aren't standing in God. Amen? But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. These are wonderful benefits of waiting on the Lord. I love that. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, God's going to bring you higher. The eagles, how they, how when there's a storm, they say that the eagles fly above the storms. Amen? And they get higher above, and they can fly above the storm so they're not in the storm. And what God wants us to do, he wants to raise us up so we're flying above the storms and we're not struggling in the storms. And he says here that we will run and not be weary. When you're walking and waiting God, God will strengthen you and you will start running towards the vision that God has placed in your lives. God wants us running, glory to God. Run. Amen. And then, and then we will walk and not faint, glory to God. These are wonderful benefits. Number three key in pouring out your heart to God is to trust in God's power for your future. Trust in God's power. In Psalms 1 or 2, 1, or, uh, 1 and 2, it says, Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. In verse 5, it says, In my distress I groan out loud. I am reduced to skin and bones. Dropping down to verse 11, my days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. So, so this is sometimes how we feel when we're encountering the pains of life. But I love what he says here. But, but you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. The nations will fear the name of the Lord and the kings of the earth will revere your glory. God has power. I'm going to say this to you this morning. To rebuild your future. The enemy may have tried to do some things. And he has power to rebuild your children's future. Amen. 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 
He has the ability to do that. And I love this in Psalms 102, verse 16. Drop in 16. It says, For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in his glory. He will respond to the prayer of the destitute and he will not despise their plea. Notice it says, The Lord will rebuild Zion. God will rebuild our lives as we put our trust in following him. No matter where we are in our lives, God can rebuild our lives. Amen? In verse 18, it says, Let this be written for the future generations that people not yet created may praise the Lord. I'm going to say this. When you're pouring out your hearts to God, when you're pouring out your hearts to God, in your pain, you need to press in to the praise. I'm preaching this all day. When you're pouring out your hearts to God, in your pain, you need to press in to the praise. Can I get a witness in the house today? And when we press in to the praise, that's when we will be emboldened and we will be strengthened. I like what it says in Psalms 34 and 5. It says, Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His. Give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. For His anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. I love this. You ready for this? Weeping may endure in the night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm going to say this. There is a place in our walk with God where it's a struggle, but we're going to come through the struggle and we're going to come into victory. Weeping may endure in the night. There might be struggle at times when you're in prayer, believing God, expecting God, pressing into the things of God. It may not look like things are happening, but things are happening. What's happening? God's not changing, but you're changing. Amen? And in that place, you may weep at night, but joy will come in the morning. Psalms 126.5 says it this way, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. I'm going to say this. I don't know if you notice or not, and I say this, well, I, I, I work out. I, I, I work out three times a week. And, uh, and I'm telling you, working out is like the weeping process. I don't want to work out. I don't, I don't even really enjoy it that much. But I do it because I know I need to. I'm like, I'm struggling to get into the gym. I'm struggling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I, but I get in there. I push through and I get in there. But after I'm done, man, oh, my Lord Jesus. Man, joy comes in the morning. Glory to God. And I notice, you know, my Lord Jesus, I'm busting through my suit. Glory to God. I'm feeling good. Feeling mighty good. Why? Because the, 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 the working out is paying off. I'm going to say this. When you are pressing into the things of God, when you're pouring out your heart to God, when things don't look like things are happening, God is doing something on the other side. God is moving some things around. He's bringing favor into your life. He's opening doors of opportunities. He's doing great and mighty things that you don't see yet. He's opening buildings for us that's not even listed. Hallelujah. So I'm going to say this in closing. When, when we're pouring out our hearts to God, we got to remember God's 
faithfulness. If he did it once, he can do it again. Number two, we, when we're pouring out our hearts to God, we need to learn to wait on the Lord, to be strengthened and touched by God so that we can keep pressing in to see the fullness of the victory of the promises of God. And number three, we need to remember that God has the power to rebuild our lives when we put our trust in Him. Glory to God. So I'm going to encourage you to press in. I'm encouraging you to pour out your hearts to God. And when you do that, find God's strength. Find God's peace. Find God's joy. And when you get it, stay in it. And you will see the blessing of the Lord on your lives. Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. And Father, we are crying out to you, believing you that you're going to do great things in our families, that you're restoring relationships, that you're bringing in financial blessings, that you're healing those that are being attacked with sickness. I thank you, Father God, that you're turning the captivity around, and I'm asking that you would continue to bless every person. Father, I lift up those that have been attacked with sickness that, that are out today. We're asking, Father God, for your healing power to heal them and set them free in Jesus' name. Perhaps you're here and you're listening or you're watching and you know it's time for you to pour your heart out to God. It's time to ask Jesus to come into your heart. You've made a confession of your faith. Today is the day of salvation. Let me just lead you in a simple prayer and say it and meet in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.